The following programme is a repeat of The Farm Show, which airs Thursday nights on KCLR from 7. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. This is The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you with thanks to TierlawnFarmLife.com. You're very welcome to The Farm Show. On the programme this evening, we'll have a preview of Rathaniska with uh, Noel Dunn talking to us from the site up in Leash. Elsewhere, we'll hear about preparations for, believe it or not, next year's tillage harvest. Uh, preparations for sowing and planning and uh, getting on with uh, things, no matter how bad the, the, the weather has been and, and indeed is tonight. Uh, we also have, of course, our usual uh, March reports from Tullo and Kilkenny. And uh, we'll be looking at uh, the Green Ribbon Walk happening down Carlow next Sunday. First of all, however, I'm joined in studio by Jim Mulhall, uh, IFA's County Chairman in Kilkenny. Jim, you're very welcome. Uh, thanks very much, Matt, and thanks for having me on. Good evening to all your listeners. Uh, Jim, you're busy these days uh, between protests and uh, I presume people getting extraordinarily worried about any range of issues, including incomes on foot of mm. huge collapse in, in prices across the sectors and indeed a, a big delay in EU payments which traditionally have been um, catered for with at least some p- p- portion of payment at an early date but that's that's been postponed this year. Let's start with derogation. It's been the big controversial issue of the past couple of weeks uh, in anticipation of of a, 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 an announcement and then a, a sort of a sudden announcement the IFA decided to not attend a meeting in um, in, in in Agriculture House or um, Dalairn last week, uh, yeah. but did meet up with uh, the uh, various parties in the meantime. And an- another meeting anticipated tomorrow, I think, down Limerick Way. So, what's the state of play at this stage? Yeah. So look at it. it I mean, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot has happened here, uh, to be fair, in the past week. So, I mean, the, the meeting last week stemmed from, uh, so the, so the IFA were involved in the Charter of Rights. Um, the minister had mentioned on numerous occasions about the late payments. Uh, and the late payments are uh, a massive issue. Um, I mean, you mentioned there at the start your tillage sector. So you have a tillage sector uh, this year has been absolutely pillaged in terms of weather, in terms of the prices and crop quality and mar- malt and barley not, not meeting standards due to uh, poor quality grain with the bad weather. So ne- and compound on top of that, then their BIS payment is going to be delayed. I mean, the minister flagged this. He says he flagged this last February. And, and my view and our view would be, well, if you knew last February surely you could have put something in place to try and remedy it. And saying it that it'll be okay next year, to my mind, doesn't cut it. No other sector of society will be told to live horse and get grass. Like that if you, it'll be okay next year. This year is a problem, but next year it'll be okay. And I suppose that's where the anger around the Charter of Rights piece came from. We decided to have a protest. And then following on from that, the unexpected announcement, as you said yourself, around nitrates. Um, IFA had put numerous different uh, scenarios to the minister that it could get a people a way out in terms of stocking rate that we we proposed that the stocking rate could stay the same but a reduction of chemical N on farm would in have the same net result that you could reduce your nitrate per hectare if you combine the, the chemical and organic. This was um, I'm not sure if it was rejected by the minister or rejected by the by the commission. He claims it was rejected by the commission, but. There is a, I mean, there's time factors there, and there's a time lag. Those figures don't add up, but but anyway, it was announced unexpectedly. Um, 
by the minister and it caught us all caught us all by surprise and it has I suppose has really um, so has cemented in people's minds that now the 220 is the reality and there's 3,000 farms who are who are exceeding the nitrates um, you're looking at one of them I'm one of them myself who has a who has an issue on farm with this but I suppose the the real issue around this is will it create further land market disruption next spring which which wasn't it wasn't helpful last spring and if it continues next spring it's going to be extremely divisive so you'll have small versus big in terms of dairy and you'll have dairy versus beef or dairy versus sheep and dairy versus tillage and like at times like this Matt the last thing we need is division amongst farmers and that's what decisions like this breed and then when you see, uh, like, uh, MEP Colin Markey said he met the commissioner, uh, I, I won't even attempt to pronounce his name, but the commissioner in charge of environment, and he met DG Envy um, yesterday or the day before, and he maintains that there is uh, flexibility. So Colin Markey is an MEP, as all your listeners know, and he met the commissioner in the past couple of days, and the commissioner contends that there is flexibilities. The minister says there's not. So, I mean, but the man that's making the decisions in, in the commission says there is flexibility. So this is where the the confusion and the anger, I suppose, is uh, is, is stemming from. So, Yeah, is, is there flexibility? Is, is, is the kind of flexibility we're talking about, is that in relation to areas of the country that may not have to reduce... Uh, Nitrates, or is it is it some other aspect? Uh, the short answer is I don't know, right? So it's not clear. It hasn't been so like it hasn't been clarified as to whether it's this famous red map. So is it the areas that are in the white? Um, is it a longer lead-in period? Uh, that if you take it, I mean, whatever date this is, the middle of fourteenth of September. Today is the fourteenth of September. The first of January is not far away, and if you have to drop your stock numbers between now and the first of the first of January, I mean, there's going to be a uh, huge issue with, with, with sales uh, in terms of animals being dumped onto the market to reach that target on the 1st of January. Is that where the flexibility is? This all has to be, and I use the word clarified again, but this all has to be clarified, Matt. Yeah. Jim, you mentioned, and I may as well put it bluntly, you mentioned the need for um, coordination and cooperation between organisations. It wasn't a great look last week, uh, what I viewed in terms of abuse being thrown across mm. the road, that one organisation decided to go in to meet the minister, another organisation, your own, decided not to, and, and each, in my view, perfectly entitled to do what they do, but you end up meeting the minister and the tarnished uh, this week. So is, 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 you know, is there a contradiction there? Yeah, and look, that's a tough question, but it's, I mean, and it's, and it has been said to me, um, I was at, I was at Francie Gorman's launch the other night and there was, um, and I'll be honest, there was disappointment. There's no point in saying otherwise amongst farmers and amongst their members that our fellow farmers had been heckled. Now you can look at you can debate the rights and wrongs of it as you pointed out, up and, and everyone is entitled to their opinion. However, like it wasn't a good look. I mean, when I, when I came home, it was remarked to me like, "God, the day farmers start heckling each other." And this comes goes back to the to the division piece, maybe. But I look at I. I mean, I accept I was there. Um, I accept it certainly wasn't uh, it wasn't a good look and and what we do need going forward 
amongst all the farm organisations is a bit of solidarity and this probably didn't want to help to be fair. You mentioned cooperation and we won't talk about organisations anymore. Let's talk about coordination between farmers. I've often advocated the idea that there should be huge and more cooperation uh, between tillage farmers mm. and livestock farmers for instance in terms of even increasing the humus in the soil by, yes. by, by importing manure, organic manure from livestock farms. It seems to me, you know, an, an obvious thing to do instead of chopping the straw and incorporating it let the farmer, the livestock farmer have the use of it first and bring it back embellished mm. with, 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 with fertiliser. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely and there is, I suppose there is an opportunity there to do that. The problem at the moment, even in terms of who do look for slurry and who do who, who look for farm air manure and you're 100% right, I mean it does seem pointless to me or um uh, you know, you, you, well, you question the logic, I suppose, of chopping straw into the ground when, as you say, it could be put under livestock and then it comes back, enriched in MP and K, and it'll rot that bit better into the ground as well. So, I mean, that's... Look at the, that's yeah, and even as, as an intermediary, and, and of course, we're very, very, very late to the game in terms of biomethane digestion. It's all over Europe, it's all over Northern Ireland, and we're still not even in infancy at this stage in developing it. That would be a logical uh, intermediary to, to to put the slurry and the, and the manures into a biodigester and then let it come out and, and share it out if, if tillage farmers require it. Isn't it, it solves an awful lot of problems for everyone. It does, but um, they're not there. I mean, Eamon Ryan commented during the week that, look, AD is going to be a solution to the 3,000 farmers that are over. I mean, Eamon Ryan, you know, he's gone up and down the country. The blooming things haven't even been planned. Like, I mean, don't mind... You know, plan them, go to plan and build them. So you're you're five away, five years away from an AD plant, and that's not much comfort to someone who's looking at the edge over the. Like that man is looking at definitely. I use the expression cliff edge already, but that is going to absolutely buckle that man's business. You know, and he's a man with youngsters coming on, and so so that's that's the effect it's going to have on people just at the stroke of a pen. Do you know? And I suppose Matt, the frustrating piece is here that people. Like, you know, we're all aware of improving water quality. We've all taken on measures on our farms to improve water quality. Last year, banding was introduced. This year, you know, uh, the, the drop is, is going to drop to 220. And someone gave me a, a good analogy um, there last night when I was talking to him. Like that, so when water quality does improve, and it will improve, when water quality does improve, they won't know what, what, uh, what actually did it? They said it's like if your engine broke down and you change three different parts and then you turn the key and the engine starts. Well, you don't know which one is after making the engine run, and it's the same. So people have changed their, they've taken on thirty measures, changed the cameras of the roadways, fenced off uh, water courses, riparian strips. You know, now we're banding. Now it's a drop in stocking rates. So when the water quality does improve, and my worry is, when water quality does improve, they'll go, oh look. Dropping the stock rate is the solution. We'll continue to drop the stock rate. And that's where, to me, that's where the real challenge is, is going to come from. Yeah, and no great scientific study or environmental studies done around the relative impact. We we can accept that agriculture has some impact on, on water quality. Let's, let's mm. just park that for a moment. But the relative impact, the ratio between that and the plethora of one-off houses with all yes. with their own sewerage systems around the country, no great analysis of... You know how how much that contributes, or indeed many of the inadequate municipal treatment centres. And this this commonly comes up um, at meetings, and you know, and people ring me and say, and you know, the so insufficient people in dotted up and down the country in small towns, inadequate inadequate um, sewerage treatment plants. You know, and that's 
and that's fundamentally a huge issue. And more importantly, Matt, there was no because I I I asked the question of a local TD, and he went back and asked the question: Was there an economic impact statement done on this? Like you know, and there wasn't. You know that so. They're out fighting for something allegedly, um, and I'm very, you know, and with no economic impact statement done, and and I am very disappointed with this minister. I have to say because there's, like, if you look at where the department is at the moment, so farmers just go back to to, to the derogation piece. There's no nitrogen and phosphorus statements available to farmers at the moment on the on ag food. So if you have someone now, so we're into the second week of September, and if someone wants to come in under the 170 to stay out of derogation, they have no access to proper up-to-date information you know and and like that's a that's a huge issue like the icbf it's on icbf but that's based on month end and if you're 172 on the 31st of december and you're two kilos over well then you have a problem and it's it's just not good enough that the minister is saying we'll get it sorted but you've only two weeks left to export slurry you know to, to solve that problem if you need to move slurry off your farm compounded with the tams What's going on with TAMS is an absolute disgrace uh, in terms of people wanting to build slurry storage. It's an absolute disgrace what's going on. And again, I don't think the political will is there to, to solve it. There was a move made last week to to half sorted, but that's about it. Yeah, half baked as much as half sorted. Two, two, two further quick uh, questions for your comments, perhaps, Jim. One in relation to uh, Chagisk's analysis of the impact of the of the reduction in derogation. I put it to the minister last week that it could be twenty nine percent reduction in net income to those affected. He didn't contradict me, and that's the nearest to an economic analysis as as we've had. So I, I think we can take that as read. This delay in payments, though, in a year when so many of mm. the sectors have uh, reduced income, it will have a huge impact on, on cash flow. I, I, I discussed it with Susan Maher of Bank of Ireland last yes. week. Yes, and I, I heard the interview. And, you know, and as I said at the outset, it's not good enough saying, oh, it'll be OK next year. It's not good enough that the tillage farmer who's waiting on the grain check, which will be fairly small, with, I mean, with the year they've had, with, spread, with, their, with their high input costs and high fertiliser costs last year, and uh, sorry, coming in from the tail end of last year, carried into this year, and now with the grain quality and grain yield and the challenge they have had, and that's why we're in Limerick tomorrow. That's why we were in the horse and jockey last week. We need to hammer home the point to Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael that farmers feel forgotten, and farmers feel that maybe nobody cares anymore. Maybe we're not a relevant enough part of society. But it's pretty clear in my mind, Matt, that the political parties and the main balance of power has become very urban centric you know and and i see that in i see that in both parties and it's it's very worrying we've just we've lost our clout and look at it, and i'm going to say it i think to be honest with you i think the green party tail is wagging the dog like part of the green party's election manifesto was the nitrates should be scrapped um and then look at as formed program for government there was a change in that but you know i'm not a conspiracy theorist but I have my suspicions that there could have been more done to protect the 250. There wasn't more done. And maybe this is just a way of keeping everybody in power. And on that note, we'll conclude our conversation. Jim, thank you very much for coming in this evening. After the ad break, we're going direct to Rathaniska. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. Noel Dunn, machinery editor with the Irish Farmers Monthly, is on site in Rathaniska for the big event next week. Noel, how are you? 
A very good evening to you and your listeners. I'm actually here in the Innovation Centre here, um, stepping in from the showers that are around us here. And a very good evening to you. Yeah, showers for now, but uh, I'd say increasingly rain, 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 until well into, into tomorrow. How um, how good is the site in terms of being able to take a deluge this weekend and, in, well, and, and still cater for 300,000 people uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday? The site's holding up very, very well. We had a lot of rain yesterday and, of course, last night, but the site is uh, holding up very well. It doesn't take much, um, should I say, drive to get the, the wind up into here and the sunshine. She drives up very well. So after putting in a lot of equipment, and uh, not a heavy piece of kit have gone in now from the various manufacturers. And the site, Matt, I should say, Matt, now is that taken a bit of a pounding, but absolutely fantastic. Glad to hear it. Listen, I want to use our time valuably. What should we look out for next week? Always great, uh, specific and novel things to see and, and, and interact with. Well, certainly, Matt, I must say. Now, of course, election fever is set to break uh, at this year's power match with the local and European and IFA and ICMSA elections. And, of course, the farm leaders will be getting ready to face the hard questions uh, for the IFA uh, elections coming up at the end of the year. So that's something to watch out for, certainly. Six things to make you see at the powering is Mocker is going mad throwing wellies, a big welly competition, and, and boning out for a Guinness World Record attempt at welly throwing, right? So you could have something ended up 800 people throwing wellies. Ali's gone to get musical once again. Should I say Mike Denver and crew will be on the Ali stand. Uh, international exhibitions vying for business. You will uh, hear in the Innovation Centre, Irish manufacturers case with Europeans coming to look at it. And of course, the domestic market having a look to see exactly what is on offer. So that's certain, certainly something to work with. Um, also, um, some interesting bits and pieces, Matt, I would like to bring your attention to. You can have your winsome dough in the Ali's brown, bre- brown bread baking competition. Uh, we have also lovely areas of getting your final fix at this year's Town Championship. Dave Fitzgerald uh, is hosting on the Zurich stand uh, the fittest farming competition at this year's uh, Plowing Championship. So that is something certainly to look out for. Uh, another interesting thing is when you go into the machinery this year, um, it's quite interesting. We're having some uh, a very interesting thing where we have farmhands are debuting uh, their new best book, self-propelled spreader, right? Very unique to Ireland and that's a must and also to see the big crone uh, the big X which is going to be there and she is actually specially customised that's a big uh, attraction uh, also Fast Parts are doing another piece there on a new uh, Rakeman Harrows and attachments coming through we also have stuff like Mikhail Plant debuting a new remote control mulcher on tracks we have also new forage wagons coming in from IAM but an interesting little ditty Matt right which I picked up and your uh, is Tanko's to present her full range of kit but just underneath that is a little thing called Irish launch of a Chinese tractor brand at the ploughing. So what you could very much, Matt, do is pick up a 110 horsepower tractor, Chinese build, Doosan engine, uh, for the grand price of 56,000, or sorry, 57,000 plus fat. So when you put that into context, you have the most expensive piece of kit here, and you can buy a bargain basement tractor from China, equally as cheap as you would buy, fundamentally, a second-hand unit. So there's value. Well, I hope it's an improvement on the first and only Chinese tractor I ever test drove, because uh, it wasn't fit for the European market there. uh, That's putting it politely. But there you go. I'm sure it's improved enormously since then. Tell me, uh, in, in terms of tractors then, Noel, I get the impression that despite the fact that an awful lot of the tractor manufacturers, the big brands, won't be there, that there'll still be no shortage of tractors from dealerships and such. 
There certainly is not. You're going to have a, a spot representation for it. You just go to Billy Billy Shaw stand. There, there'll be anything up to twenty New Holland, new New Holland tractors there, without a shadow of a doubt. You'll also Casey Agg, which is a main dealer as well. You'll have you'll have some Landini tractors here. There's, there's a splattering of tractors uh, from all makes and manufacturers here. Maybe the manufacturer not necessarily gone, but one of the interesting things about that, if you look at a whole pan-European basis of machinery shows, manufacturers have been pulling in, pulling out, and pulling in of shows, right? Particularly since COVID, because what's happening was. Uh, uh, around COVID period of time. This will change the, 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 the face of shows across the world with that their order books are full. They're fine, they're doing business and they didn't have to go to shows. So what's still happening there is manufacturers are still have, they have a laissez-faire a relationship with shows and they're starting now to come back and see the necessity of them. They survived quite, a, for uh, should I say, for almost three years without shows and now it's coming back. So manufacturers, a little bit hazy and holding back. But they are starting to come back and, and come back in force in shows in Europe. And that will reflect next year and the year after in the power match as well where we've been out for a few years and feel that they want to go back. Noel, there was a bit of controversy over the past couple of weeks about online ticketing as compared to the traditional cash on the on the gate. I mean, I can see the logic of the move. Apart from anything else, health and safety dictates the numbers you can have on site on any one day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the thing about it is, and I mean, the MPA... <laughs> Going back over the years, and this is just the, the, this is the the the, the reasons behind the why is what was constantly happening was you're getting larger and larger crowds on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. Thursday. It was starting to basically get up to capacity, and what the MPA were forced by likes of the MPA, likes of the guards situation with the sit down. We have to make this environment safe. That there's going to be no crushing. That people can get around comfortably. And what was happening was particularly when you got into the the height of it on the Wednesdays with all the schools. There was a huge capacity there of people. So what they had to do was go back to, like, like GA matches now are all online. You have to apply to get your ticket for your local GA match. So they had to go down that route. It didn't necessarily want to have to go down it, but basically for interests of safety and, of course, naturally of looking after the public, they had to go down that route. So really, I, do I think it's going to affect us? No, not really, because basically people who want to go to the plough match will find a way of getting their tickets and will find a way to the ploughing. Yeah, and speaking of going to the ploughing then, and I, I, I advise against umbrellas always because I think, I think they're dangerous <laughs> goddamn things, but yeah, well advised, whatever about throwing Wellingtons, perhaps it's, 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 it's the footwear to, 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 to have and, you know, a good rain jacket and come prepared and sure if the sun shines, what harm? I, I remember actually speaking to a person uh, one day at the ploughing match and he said to me, and he was leaning on his walking stick and he said, you know what, if you hadn't a drop of rain at the ploughing, you'd feel cheated. You know, so at the end of the day, yes, we're going to get mixed kind of weather, but not to what we've been getting over the last couple of days. We'll have the sun, we'll have a bit of rain, and I think it will be, it'll be nice and comfortable, because if you had extreme heat too, with those masses of 120-odd thousand persons coming to the gates, it will be very much uncomfortable. So, a little bit lower temperatures, bit of sunshine, few showers, and should just roll along nicely. Yeah, and it's a very much a tried and tested uh, venue, so the traffic situation should be good. Maybe a bit of trouble getting, uh, uh, exiting the, the and that, but I, I presume that can all be managed. You know, I mean, always in the choosy, you're going to have the, uh, you're going to have the, uh, should I say, the blips where you're going to have issues, right? But then again, it boils down then for the Wednesday and the Thursday. The first day always is a is a learning exercise, no matter how many years you don't hear, because you're placing the elements. If it's fine in that car park, cars are getting in and getting out smoothly, uh, and if, if the weather just kind of breaks, it does cause that problem. But overall, generally, for the last number of years it's been here, it's been an excellent event to get into easily enough, and of course to get out of it. Noel, a final comment from you. This is your working holiday. 
It is certainly. I I strive and love for this time of team. You know, you know, I love machinery. It, there's so much to see. Like, I mean, this is one thing about the ploughing. It's 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 a celebration of Irish farming. And after the year we had, you'd often say, "Is there is there much to celebrate?" But let me tell you, there'll be people coming here this this year, right? And they've after having a tough, hard season, right, with milk prices, with t- grain prices and stuff. And they're going to come and they're going to take they're going to take a couple of days out and enjoy basically the sights, the smells, the food, the entertainment, the machines, and everything else, and just get away from farming. For a couple of days and I think that is what's needed Great advice Noel looking forward to meeting you next week thanks very much for talking to us from Rathaniska The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com In the week before the ploughing, the salvage operation, which was certainly the latter end of uh, grain crops this year, has been more or less completed. And all eyes, of course, are on the future. Whatever the prices, whatever the conditions, uh, the show must go on. Mark Trimble, tillage advisor with Chagas, joins me. Mark, you have to look forward. You have to plan for next year, whatever the outcome from this year. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Matt yeah, yeah the, the the wheel keeps turning, I suppose, really. And yeah, after, like you were saying there, um, um, and not very... A very disagreeable harvest just passed. We're we're back into facing into the planting season again for for the winter crops. So in advance of that, yeah, we've we've a we've a seminar planned for next Monday night. Yeah, now a good lineup for the winter crops seminar at the Kells Road Centre for Chagask in Kilkenny. Uh, first, you've got crop margins and variety updates. Yeah, our our uh, tillage specialist Karen Collins is going to cover that. So basically, he's we produce our our cost and returns for for all tillage crops. Annually, and uh, it's kind of like a, a um, I suppose, a projection of, of of what we think crops will will lead from a gross margin point of view next year, based on well on on, on current prices and inflation uh, countered into it as well. And uh, just to just give farmers an idea, I suppose, of, of of what they might be looking at next year. Obviously, we'd be hoping for much lower fertilizer prices next year than we had this year. So that will hopefully contribute to uh, better returns from crops next year. Yeah, and ultimately, Mark, producers, not only in Ireland, but across the world, can't continue indefinitely with the very low prices that we've witnessed this year. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, prices we're having, we're dealing with at the moment are, are not sustainable, really. And uh, we're, going, we're going to need more going forward to keep the sector uh, buoyant and, and, and keep it going, really, because... Uh, it, it, Continuing as we are is not, like I said, it's not sustainable at all. Now you have Dermot Forrestal from Oak Park lined up to talk about crop establishment uh, systems and rotations. There's been a huge change from solely the plough in latter decades. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the the the, the plough was the was the only way of getting the crop into the ground there, uh, not that long ago, really, and um, that has all changed. From there are so many different establishment systems at, at this stage between. Mint till, uh, direct drilling, no till, and, and and everything in between, really. So uh, uh, Dermot has, has an ongoing trial in in No Park. They're looking at all these different uh, options that are available to tillage farmers for getting crops in the ground, and he's just going to give us an update of his findings uh, so far, and and uh, to see what what maybe is is the most suitable for each um, each individual. Yeah, and of course, it's it's long been established now that rotations can have a huge effect on subsequent yields. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. The vast majority of farmers do have a a good rotation in place now, and there's significant yield gains to be had when you're following a great crop such as oilseed rape or, or beans. It's been shown as one of the things uh, Dermot has found in his research that that oats. Uh, um, 
provide a similar a similar yield benefit to the following crop than those rape or beans do. So he'll be going through that in a lot more detail on Monday night. I, I assume, Mark, that the advice is to wait for the optimum time, whether it's winter wheat or barley, despite the fact that a lot of farmers are worried that they might got, get caught short again as they did last autumn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we would always say to ideally wait into uh, into the early days of October before, before sowing, but it's obviously always a, a race against time from a weather point of view. And I suppose back to some of those uh, crop rotation systems, or sorry, crop establishment systems, um, you do need to to get them into the ground a little bit earlier, certainly. But uh, yeah, that that's 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 the way it's looking now. It's a, it's a race uh, against the weather and and uh, to try and get as, as much into the ground as we can this autumn. Yeah, and the weather this evening and tomorrow doesn't look uh, too too good for any field work. Mark, there's one other major area you're dealing with Monday night. That's the conditionality requirements for tillage farmers. What's that about? Yeah, conditionality is a new word for cross compliance. So there's a uh, there's a whole raft of new stuff uh, coming at us uh, since the, the start of this year now with the new cap in place. And I'm uh, just going to weed out a few of the, uh, the, through the items in it that, that specifically apply to tillage farmers. Um, for example, uh, buffer zones, the three crop rule is back. And uh, there's one or two other things as well, just to, to try and make sense of it all. Uh, so we'll be we'll be looking at that also. And of course, there'll be a big presence uh, by Chagask at uh, next week's ploughing at Rathaniska. Absolutely, yeah. We've uh, we've a big stand there as usual uh, next week. Um, from the tillage point of view, we have uh, some catch crops uh, that have, that were sown up there, some plots, a good few weeks back. So they're all in in, uh, in in kind of in full bloom at the moment. I'm told. So that's kind of the theme of our of our tillage stand this year is the is uh, the benefits of, of catch crops to. Uh, to, to both the following crop and to the to the soil uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of tillage land I suppose it's in, been in continuous tillage for a long number of years now and it's it's, it's some of us getting worn out to a certain extent so uh, catch crops are a great way of uh, putting something back in you know yeah rejuvenating it just to reiterate again that winter crop seminar next Monday the eighteenth seven thirty at Chagas Kells Road Mark thanks very much for joining us this evening thanks Matt. Now we're heading across to Carlo to speak with Michael Purcell. Uh, Twelve months ago, I chatted to Michael about uh, walking up uh, Mount Leinster. This year, the focus and the venue for the Green Ribbon Walk and Talk is uh, Oak Park Forest. Michael, how are you? <clears throat> Not so bad, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me on. Listen, yeah, just you're, just uh, ex- you're just explain directly for those who don't remember or don't know what's it all about. Yeah, I suppose uh, Mental Health Ireland, really, uh, in association with IFA, really, it's, uh, I suppose, to highlight mental awareness uh, amongst uh, farmers and amongst everyone, really, you know, and just to make everyone aware that there's, you know, that there's always help available and it's always a good thing to talk. So I suppose just to highlight that aspect, you know, we organise, in conjunction with IFA, we organise this walk and talk in every county, and uh, as I said, uh, we have had it for the last couple of years there at Mount Leinster, but uh, we have decided to maybe go to leveler ground now this year, and we're having it in, in um, Oak Park, Forest Park. So, um, you know, uh, that's, that, that, that's, that's really... Happening, that's really that's happening, yeah. happening Sunday. That's happening, what time? That's happening Sunday. Sunday at 3 o'clock. And yeah, so, people um, can gather and there's no charge or anything and it, everyone welcome. There's no, there no, everyone welcome, everyone welcome. And uh, we also have Martin Evan there, our local historian. 
he was going to do a brief talk on the history of Oak Park. And uh, we'll also have Alice Doyle say a few words. Uh, she's chairperson of the Farm Family Committee. And we'll have someone from um, Mental Health Ireland as well to say a few words. So we might finish up with a, a bit of music, you know, all going well. Sound, that, sounds great. Through, and know, we had and we had Alice Doyle on the programme here actually a few months ago talking about yeah. mental health. And it's it's Michael, could I suggest yeah. that it's one of the great liberations that people are now willing to talk and discuss about their problems and issues or their friends' problems or whatever they may be. And you know, it's it's something yeah. that can be managed and, and, and out in the open and and that's refreshing. Yeah, absolutely, Martin. Absolutely. That's 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 you know, that's that's uh you know, uh, vitally important, you know, you know, because I suppose farmers in general, they don't like to talk about their problems or they don't like, you know, especially mental health issues like for years that would, you know, that would always keep it quiet. Like, so, you know, just to encourage people, you know, if they have any issues, there's always help there and it's always good to talk. And uh, really, I suppose that's the, that's the point of the, the walk on Sunday, you know, just to walk and talk. And, you know, it's a, I think it's a very, it's a very important thing in farming you know you can with all the issues that are going on at the moment or always I suppose in farming you know it's very easy forget about you know your mental health and it's you know if you haven't your mental health nothing is any good to you really you know absolutely so Oak, Oak, Oak yeah. Park Forest on next Sunday afternoon and yeah. everyone welcome to yeah. participate Every, everyone welcome from any county everyone welcome and uh Hopefully now the weather will be a bit better than today. So hopefully now we'll, we'll, we'll have a nice day. Um, it's a nice place to walk. It's a lovely place. Absolutely. You know? what, what's, so, not, what's not mm, to, to oh like about a, a walk through woods? What's not to like about it? Exactly. <laughs> Michael, exactly, Michael yes, thank yes, you very much yes. for joining us this evening. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me on. Now yeah. we're, we're staying in Carlow. This time we're going over to Tolota here. Eric Driver's uh, Sheep Report. Very large sale today here in Tullow with over 1,700 sheep on offer. Looking to the trade there, them good heavy lambs still holding a good honest trade here up to a top call of 155. Lots of lambs there selling between 144 and 150. Store lamb trade, good honest trade here, good few farmers around the ring there. The 30 to 32 coilers there selling from the mid 80s up to 95 and 6 with the uh, more flesh lambs than the 35 up to 40 coilers they're selling in there from the early 90s up to 107 or 8 there with them 40 42 coilers from 110 up to 120 there and a good lively trade. Cash shows, uh, we did see an easier trade, it have to say, it have to be a little bit easier there than we have seen in previous times, but still a good honest trade for them. Heavy yo's up to 200 euro there for heavy yo's uh, with the Hoggett Joe trade here from 180 to 220 and uh, the Lanark dispersal sale there them Horn Joe's sold from 60 up to 95 euros with the Ulam selling from 110 to 130 euros uh, per head and just to remind everyone that on Saturday we have our weanling show and sale for bulls and heifers and also the multi-breed ram sale of 120 rams on Saturday cattle sale as usual on Friday thank you now, just before we go to the ad break and uh, meet up with George, I want to uh, give you a message from James Murphy that the sheep sale that might have been expected to happen, the pedigree sheep sale that might have been expected to happen next week, will in fact be the following Monday to avoid any uh, hassle with people planning and uh, working ahead of themselves to get to the ploughing next week because, uh, you know, taking a day or two days off to go to the ploughing means everything else has to be lumbered on the Monday. So George will probably have more news on that when he comes in but just take it as read that sheep sale which would be traditionally a couple of weeks after the previous one is uh, 
lengthened somewhat just to allow people to um, plan ahead for the for for the ploughing. Uh, elsewhere, we have saved the date, the Farmers Journal Dairy Day for this year. It's happening uh, way ahead. God, I'm getting ahead of myself now. Thursday, the twenty third of November, from nine thirty to five pm in the Park Equive Event Centre at the Marina in Cork. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com. KCLR Mart Report. Sponsored by Kilkenny Livestock Mart. Serving the farming community for over 60 years. Now I'll just allow George to draw breath. He's after running up them there stairs. Uh, uh, good going, George. But uh, I see Adam Woods reporting positively on the uh, beef trade. The beef kill, he says, continues to fall. And uh, it's holding on to its positive momentum this week he says with quotes up another 5 cent per kilo it'll have to raise a good deal more to for people to make money but nonetheless it's on the right trajectory George big mark today yes indeed Matt uh, 1150 on offer um, a turnover in excess of one and a quarter million um, that in self tells own story a top price there for beef bullocks of uh, 2650 that bullock weighed in at 890 kilo another uh, 835 kilo there 22.40 that's uh, 268 per kilo and uh, there's a two limousine 750 kilo 2240 that's uh, just shy of three euro a kilo so all in all a very good trade there the beef full uh, uh, 600 kilo plus two euro to 312 per kilo 1200 euro to 2650 per head probably a bigger sale today Matt because of plough match next week which traditionally but it, there'll be plenty of customers there for people if they want to come along but um, they're going to wait probably another week after that but anyway um, uh, two, two, two euro to 312 for the beef or 1200 euro 26.50 per head 5 to 600 kilo bullock 119 to 335 per kilo 930 to 18.20 per head 4 to 500 kilo bullock from 170 to 355 per kilo 890 to 16.50 per head with the lighter types from 180 to 320 per kilo 500 euro 12.30 per head a good trade for the Frisian cull cows there 130 to 230 per kilo with the continentals to a top there of 276 uh, back to about 150 uh, the beef heifers from uh, 235 to 291 per kilo, 1440 to 1950 per head, four store ties from 236 to 315 per kilo, that's 19, or sorry, 1020 to 1680 per head, with the lighter ties from 180 to 310 per kilo, 560 to 1100 euro per head. So yes, Matt, uh, a definite uh, rise in the trade, plenty of customers out there, and I must congratulate the f- farmers who brought in cattle today, a super yard of cattle. Everyone remarked it today and well done to all uh, people who have um, uh, produced those animals and uh, had them at such uh, uh, top quality. Yeah, a big improvement in, in cattle coming off of grass at this stage, whether they're stores or finished animals or whatever, and it's good to see good quality and plenty of them. Definitely, uh, definitely, Matt. Uh, now, last Monday, similar size sale, only 700 and offer. Uh, I'd say some of them could be back 4 to 5 euro, euro per head. There's, uh, there's also a, a discount for ram lambs at the moment, and that's ironic because when the festivals come along, the Muslim festivals, they only will buy ram lambs, and they, so it's a, it's a catch-22 situation. Uh, 
uh, but the, the lambs on Monday, the, the butcher lamb, 142 to 162 per head. The bulk of them selling from 148 to a, a high there, 155 per head. Uh, the uh, store lambs, or should I say the factory lamb, 115 to 135 per kilo, up to 140 euro there. And the store types, a good trade for the store lamb, 80 euro to 112 euro per head. And uh, the uh, cull use from 70 uh, to 180 per head, with a disappointing trade for the breeding hoggets, 160 to 220 per head. Uh, just uh, go through quickly on Monday. We have a sheep sale, 10, 10, 10 o'clock that kicks off, probably 10.15. Cull use, also breeding use on Monday. Uh, Thursday next will be a cattle sale. The plow match or no, we'll have it. And on Monday the uh, 25th, uh, the multi-breed ram sale. James Murphy rang me to let me know that there's been a bit confusion about that sale. So it's on the 25th of September. That's Monday week. The Kilkenny Breeders uh, multi-breed sale and uh, a number of those lambs will qualify for the SIS scheme. Um, uh, th- Thursday, the 28th of September. Um, the Comerford family have been very good to me. And uh, as you know, we, we, we lost Christy to cancer. And we're going to have a heifer auctioned on that day, the 28th of September. And all proceeds of that will be going to to um, uh, uh, to Koshnor, apologies, Koshnor, who do great work. Uh, Monday, the uh, 2nd of October, we have a dairy sale. Tuesday, the 3rd of October, 23rd, we have that. Uh, Tuesday, the the third of October, probably is bad, at the special weaning sale. And by the way, that, um, that conquer cancer, uh, thing I, I've been raising with the Carla Kilkenny home care team, plus Kushnor. And if any people want to, uh, haven't contributed already, you'd be more than welcome to come on board. But, uh, we'll, we'll mention more about that. Hopefully on the 28th of September, as I said, we'll be we mightn't have to check the percent but we will know exactly what monies will go to those for a specific cause and thanks to Martin and yourself for your kind um, uh, window uh, and, and, and to announce all these things Oh, never mind us it's your initiative and well done on that George uh, well done for taking that initiative I, I, I quoted Adam Woods uh, just at the, at, the, at the top of the report and at least things are going in the right direction I did note that uh, board BS Joe Burke uh, he spoke at that Kildalton Suckler uh, beef event uh, last week that we reported on, and he's suggesting that we're about 80 cent behind the UK price and about 20, per, 20 cent per kilo on average behind the average European price. So there's still a bit of ground to make up, but you know, it's it, it, the gap is there to be closed. It is indeed, and, and, and as I said, a little more confidence coming into the game. Uh, I think what happened, Matt, uh, I mentioned this to Martin last week. Uh, the, see, the, the, the factory dropped the price five cent, five cent, five cent, five cent, and naturally, a farmer said, I won't get out to buy because they're going to keep slip, slipping. But of course, what happened was that the, the numbers uh, dried up, and Northern Ireland people, uh, buyers, came down to to, to, to purchase some cattle and therefore if they have to fill orders they have to buy cattle it doesn't matter what they cost they have to fill those orders so the factories were sort of left a little bit high and dry and um, now the, the storeman who said I'll wait until they drop a bit <laughs> he say he's out there scrambling for cattle uh, specifically quality lots but as I said today maybe it's the grass mat but some super cattle on offering Kilkenny Yeah and of course the, the finishers will be out in the coming weeks uh, looking to fill those sheds and in anticipation of a reasonable price next spring. Yeah, well, perhaps so, but I, I, I'm just wondering, will the numbers be there, Matt? I, I, I know a lot of people I've talked to have said that they normally sell sort of November, December. I wouldn't bother with that. He said, they're a good price at the moment, I'm going to get rid of them. So, so if that happens, if that happens, you can see uh, once again a shortage, and uh, you know, Matt, the supply and demand is what rules the roost, and that, that is what, what, what will uh, transpire uh, going down the months ahead. And of course, weather can dictate everything. If we get the kind of rain they're talking about, <laughs> 
about 18, 20 mils. That's most of an inch of rain over the next 24 hours. Soil conditions can change on heavier land overnight. Yeah, very much so. And of course, you look ahead at what's going on next week. If that happens, you know, it's going to make things very, very tricky. But um, hopefully uh, it, it will be not, you know, hopefully next week will be nice for, for the for the plough match. But uh, if the weather comes and we, we remember weather is a great dictator and a couple of years ago when when the plough match had to be called off because of the storm and one thing or the other. But um, yeah, uh, as I said, Matt, uh, the it's all a sort of, sort of a knife edge. Ah, yeah, and the, the ploughing, the, they're not expecting any calamitous weather next week. But then today is only Thursday who knows by next Tuesday or next Thursday uh, what might uh, befall it you, you, you'll try and get over I will dare on Tuesday alright I, I was going to go on Wednesday and of course I'm working on Thursday as I said and there will be some decent cattle in Kilkenny Mart next Thursday if people have gone to the plough match on, on Tuesday Wednesday and want to, want to shop on Thursday they'll be more to welcome in and always great cattle to see at the ploughing I was talking to the Angus organiser uh, earlier in the week and uh, he said they'll have great cattle on show yeah yeah uh, uh, Actually, uh, the, yes, uh, not quite as good as uh, as as Tullamore, but still some some excellent stock on offer. George, thank you very much for your presence here tonight and your contribution. My thanks to Martin for producing and engineering. For me, Matt O'Keefe. Until next week, farm well, farm safely. Good night and goodbye. Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by TierlawnFarmLife.com.